You're listening to Weld Found, a podcast about belonging in an age of social isolation and disconnection, made possible by the Weld Community Foundation. Learn more at weldcommunityfoundation.org. I'm your host, Tim Coons, presenting to you our last show of season one. This is our winter episode, and this one is a variety type of episode. We'll be highlighting stories about giving and philanthropy, which will hopefully warm our hearts at this year ending. There will be nods to a Christmas carol, a tasting experience of some winter beers with Weldworks head brewer Neil Fisher, specially written poetry, a segment involving the Greeley Police Department, and of course, all these stories are incredible stories of connection. Speaking about giving and philanthropy, do you know about Colorado Gives Day? There's a strong tradition that we have as Americans. We love to give money to charity at the end of the year. This is the time to do it. So for 10 years, Colorado nonprofits have gotten together and had this online giving opportunity. You can give to your favorite local charity online, making sure the good work that they're doing for our community can keep happening. It's simple. Head to weldcogives.org. Yes, that's right. The nonprofits of Weld County have a site all their own under Colorado Gives Day, so you can truly give where you live. Head to weldcogives.org and choose a favorite charity. Gives Day is officially on December 10th this year, but you can schedule the donation right now so it counts towards the big day. Go ahead and pause this show. Make it happen. This, of course, is worth waiting for. And you'll have that unique joy that only comes from giving. It'll stay with you all while listening to this episode. Let's begin our show. I come from the world of music. I've been a musician for a couple decades now, writing songs, leading bands, playing with friends. And there's a secret trick that you can do if you want a piece of music to sound like it's from this time of year, this winter season. Doing this trick adds immediate holiday cheer and nostalgia, making people think about old Christmas movies or shopping or Santa. And it truly works across the board for all sorts of holiday music. It works for those dark winter carols, that are in a minor key, with the beat swaying back and forth like a lullaby. Or it works for those swanky songs from the 60s, like it's the most wonderful time of the year, to those 80s bangers like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. The trick is simple. You just add bells. It's a no-brainer. Bells are a giant part of the overall sense of this holiday season. I'm not sure the history but I know it has to involve sleigh bells on the reins of actual sleighs, coupled with cathedral bells ringing out. But just listen to the song titles from the various eras of music that are about this season. Sleigh Ride, Jingle Bell Rock, Jingle Bells, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, Silver Bells, Carol of the Bells. And of course, beyond the titles within these songs is the actual playing of sleigh bells, handbell choirs, glockenspiel chimes, church bells, and Celeste, that's that haunting bell instrument from the Nutcracker's Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Bells are synonymous with the season. Remember, every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets its wings. To quote the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And so it makes sense. How are we prompted to give in December? What's a central metaphor for giving? What sound reminds us that there are those in need?
For decades, the Salvation Army has stationed themselves outside places of business and rang a bell. By the way, that Red Kettle campaign has been happening since 1891. But going beyond a specific church group doing a thing each year, let's see this as a, a bigger picture of philanthropy. Because these bells not only sound like the season, they seem to make the sound of giving, at least in an old-fashioned, nostalgic way. As they ring out, they prompt something within us, those best parts of us, who sees our neighbor as ourselves. And if they're hungry or cold or in need, that means our community is hurting and we're moved to do something about it. The bells of this season are a call. They give us a sense of awakening, making us aware of the good we're each asked to contribute to. What wakes up Ebenezer Scrooge from his terrifying vision of the ghost of Christmas future, but the morning bells. I was driving my 10-year-old daughter, Lucy, to a rehearsal a few months ago, and she was in the middle of telling me how she was going to spend the new $5 bill she had with her because they had just stocked the snack station and she was excited. We pulled up to a stoplight and an older woman was there on the sidewalk with a sign asking for help. My daughter, mid-sentence on how she was probably going to buy Funyuns, rolled her window down, shouting to herself, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can help. For a while, we'd had these care bags in the van to hand out to folks when we drove by someone in need, but we hadn't had those in like a good year. And now my daughter was just thrilled that she could give something. She gave the woman her $5. The woman seemed touched. Then my daughter rolled the window up and said, finally, I was able to give, finally. It was this joy and relief for her. Now, I related to her sentiment in this way. I think sometimes the big picture can look too overwhelming and we want to help, we want to make an impact, but we just don't know how. We don't know what to do, the problems are too big. And we're left asking, where should I give? How should I give? And there's a frustration within us. But my friends, the bells of the season are ringing. Let's pause and listen and quickly roll down the window and give. Go online and donate or send an email to volunteer, however it looks for you. Because when we do, I think we'll have this moment where we say, finally, I get to give, finally. I hope the stories of this podcast sound like bells today. And the commercials that we're going to hear coming up from Colorado Gives Day or other charities asking for support in the weeks to follow, I hope they sound like bells. May we greet the letters and emails asking for donations as though they are the very music of the season. Because finally, we get to give. Finally. So what's your name again? Maze, Ariel Maze. Maze? Maze. Maze, okay. Officer Maze? Yep. Ariel Maze, how do you want to be called Officer on a podcast? Maze is fine, Officer yeah. Maze, okay. Great, good to see you. Thank good you for to meeting see you. me here. Yeah, of course. So we're gonna take the long way down. That sounds fine, yeah. Usually I go the- I followed Officer Maze of the police department to the basement of the Greeley Rec Center. 
into a labyrinth of tunnels past the weight room. Okay. And then we stumbled into an awesome storage space. That's so cool. It feels like Santa's workshop. <laughs> it was filled with hundreds of toys, half of which were already wrapped and placed on rows and rows of shelves. So for instance, this. So blue is boy. Uh-huh. White is unisex, and then okay. the pink ones are girl. Gosh. Just so that you can quickly look at it, and then it gives you like what age it would be good for, and then what it is. So then when we get our referrals, we'll write the kid's name, and we'll just cut off that little part right there. It gets thrown into a bag with the rest of the presents and sorted. So some of these, this isn't all wrapping from this year, some of this was I was here to interview Officer Mays about Santa Cop of Weld County, a nonprofit she's the president of. I'd never heard about it until I toured the Greeley Police Department this year. First of all, I thought it sounded like a great Arnold Schwarzenegger holiday action movie, Santa Cop. But this program, it's wonderful. It's a community and goodwill initiative that I wanted to learn more about. So after taking a walk around the storage room, I sat down and asked some questions. So I'm Officer Mays with Greeley PD. Um, I'm currently assigned to our neighborhood action team. So we do a lot of our community-oriented policing type projects. I'm also currently the president of Santa Cops of Well County. Um, and I also hold a collateral assignment on our negotiators. So Santa Cops is a uh, 503c3. We're a nonprofit organization. Um, our goal is to provide gifts to children that otherwise would not be received, that would not receive anything during the holidays. So we accept donations year round. Um, We get a lot of toy donations um, for kids ages zero to 17. And those come from our communities that either people hold fundraisers. We do a fundraiser at Walmart every year. Uh, A toy drive at Walmart would be the better way to put that. Uh, We also take monetary donations and we've been able to set up um, some really cool things with that as well. So for instance, last year, one of my vice presidents was able to set up a text to donate. So you can now text 707070 and you just text Santa to that and you can donate that way. Um, But a lot of people just drop off toys at the police department or wherever their local police department is in. And about how many toys do you give away each year? Uh... So I don't know the exact number of toys, but typically where where we hit around is we service about 5,000 children or about 2,500 families. So each child, what we try and provide them with is one gift, and then we also try and provide them with a stocking stuffer, and then little kids, we try and get them a stuffed animal as well. We're also really big on trying to get family activities together too, because we know that can be a bit of a a straining point for families, Um, so we try and give them board games to to do as a a family. Santa Cops of Weld County has been going since 1986, started by Officer Volpe of the Greeley Police Department. It started in Greeley, but now there are programs of it all over the United States. Good seems to spread that way. I asked Officer Mays if there were any stories that have stayed with her, stories that, in the midst of all the work and the hubbub, she recalls and thinks about. They make this whole thing worthwhile. So I have two that really stick out. Um, the first one is last year I had a wrapping party, um, and that's where volunteers come and wrap. And there was one uh, female there, younger female, and her grandma that were wrapping. They were the first ones to show up. They were there all four hours, which is pretty um, unusual for people to wrap that long. And they were the last ones to leave. I, can't, I don't even know how many gifts they wrapped. They never stopped. So she pulled me aside at the end and she says, I just want to thank you so much. About five years ago, we moved here. My grandma, my brother and I moved to Greeley. We had absolutely nothing. And it was right around Christmas time. 
and we knew that we weren't going to be getting anything and that's okay because we still had each other but one of you guys showed up with a package and it meant the world to my brother and I and she said I can't financially give to you guys right now but we're trying to do as much as we can otherwise yeah, and so I tears me up. Yeah, so like I'm gonna like just it's like yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, how cool. Yes, that's cool. Yeah, so that one even now like it still gets me a little <laughs> like tear up a little bit just because that was really awesome and it's nice to know that I'm I'm really big on community um, in general inside of my work and outside of my work in my personal life and and that to me is something that really affected the community in a positive manner. So that was really cool. Um, the other one that really sticks out to me is I last year was grabbing some gifts to go and deliver So I just randomly grabbed some packages tossed them in my car and started going to deliver them I look at one address didn't look at the parents name or anything like that until I got there I go to look um, at what apartment I'm going to and I look at the name and it is um, a female that was one of my first very serious um, domestic violence cases that I ever took as a police officer um, and it was a very serious one and I got to know this female a lot because of all of that and um, I hadn't seen her for a couple years and she had had a daughter in that amount of time and this was her and her daughter so I was able to deliver that gift to her and her kiddo and it was awesome to see and she said you know this is so great I'm so thankful for this and she was able to tell me about all the things that she's doing in her life right now um, to get back on track and to provide for her kid and it was really really awesome yeah and she, she's thriving oh. um, she was I mean still financially getting on her feet but she was thriving she was doing great just got a new job and most of the time that is part of our job we don't know the outcome of stuff and there are times where you think about that and you're like, oh, I wonder what happened to them. So, I mean, everything that I get to deliver is really kind of special, but that really meant something really personal to me, which was awesome. You had said community is a big deal to you. Mm -hmm. and, and so speak to that. Like, what do you mean? Uh, within your work, within your personal life, you said community is a big deal. Um, so at work, I mean, Part of my assignment is I do a lot of stuff with the community and for me that belief does come from when I was little. Um, I was raised by a single mom who worked a lot of hours to provide for me and my brother and I'm very thankful for that. Um, but the reason that I was able to succeed and do well in comparison to um, a lot of people that are put in that same situation are the community things I was able to do. Sports, after school activities, um, just different activities throughout the community, you know, um, swimming, being able to go do stuff at the rec center. Um, and I think that that's the foundation, community is the foundation of making a successful city or town. Um, that's how we raise successful people and how we're raising the next generation. If you want to support Santa Cop, head to greeleypd.com slash Santa Cop. You'll find info there on where to donate gifts or money. One of the things they need in particular is more gifts for kids over 12. And a quick big thanks to the city of Greeley in partnering with Santa Cobb. Officer Mays talked about this during our time. The city of Greeley were the ones that helped find a new home base for all the gifts. And the streets crew are the volunteers that gather all the toys later this month in giant vans and haul them to the police department. Hearing about all that collaboration is just awesome. Next up, we are heading to Weldworks Brewing Company. While I was putting this Bells of the Season episode together, I asked myself, how can I make a compelling podcast and also get some local free beer out of the deal? 
I know, what if I hosted a conversation about beer brewing, tasting some winter beers, and then also talk about philanthropy? I could interview one of my favorite businesses in town, Weldworks. This local brewery crafts great beer, and in a moment you'll be hearing some of the crazy things they do, like when they're making their stouts. But they also are incredibly generous. Weldworks has been putting on a beer invitational the last couple years in which all the proceeds go to Weld County nonprofits. Last year, they granted out to places like the United Way's Cold Shelter and the Greeley Family House, who provide temporary housing and support services to families who are experiencing housing instability. So I headed into Weldworks on 8th Avenue in downtown Greeley and sat with Neil Fisher and Kristen Popcheff. If you guys could both just say your names and then, and then we'll do a little bit of tasting and I'll just let you guys be passionate about talking about the beer alongside. Um, and, then, and then I think I want to bounce around a little bit with sip a little talk about beer philanthropy. That, that sounds like, like yeah. a joy of a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best right there. Yes. All right. So, um, yeah, go ahead and state names for the podcast. Um, I'm Kristen Popchef. I'm uh, Neil Fisher, co-owner, co-founder, head brewer. Kristen's our director of operations and employee number one. So uh, let's begin with the tasting. What, what uh, have you brought out for us? Today? Let's start with the IPA, so the lighter colored, the only one that's not light. So this is extra, extra juicy bits. And this one is the kind of hot beer right now for us because it just took a gold at GABF. It's one where we kind of throw caution to the wind. We get rid of everything as far as cost. We don't worry about what the cost of hops are. This is the highest hop rate we use in any beer. Um, and just let the beer kind of exist for the sake of, you know, this is just extreme and fun. And still well well del- like balanced and delicate. So it's Citra Mosaic Eldorado, the same hops we use in Juicy Bits. Um, and then it's just amped up to 11. So this is uh, around eight and a half percent. And then we dry hop this with over almost 10 pounds per barrel, which is almost triple what we do in Juicy Bits. How did you make, and I'll ask this question for Juicy Bits. How did you make a beer that wasn't, that was sweet but not too sweet, hoppy but not too hoppy, um, had this great mouthfeel, and then it also still tasted like beer? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like it tastes like beer, It's it, but it's juicy and, and sweet and fruity, but it's not overwhelming. I wouldn't call it a, a, a fruit beer. Um, and then it's like super hoppy. And it's so, like, yeah, how did you do that? I mean, I think you nailed, like, why it's grown so quickly, because it is all those things. It's, like, it, it's approachable by everyone. If Whenever people walk in and say they hate IPAs, like, we always pour them juicy bits. And that's, I think, why it's grown, because it is it is kind of an every, every man's beer, every man and woman's beer, because it's not too bitter, not too sweet, um, certainly not as big. You know, the alcohol is kind of right in line, that's 6.7, so. It's high. It's higher, for sure. <laughs> it's not as high as some of the ones we're going to Higher than the Michelob I drank in high school. Yeah. <laughs> certainly not as high as this extra extra either. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's, oh, a, it's cool. a fun kind of return to, to center for us. Well, let's, let's follow in tandem with a question about philanthropy. Uh, tell me, and you, it can either be Kristen or Neil, about... Um, the Weldworks Foundation, Community Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spun it up uh, about May last year, um, and the origin of it really was, was I mean, it had always been like a, a dream, a goal for sure, but it became a reality a lot sooner than I think we were anticipating um, because of our uh, Weldworks Invitational Festival that we just hosted our last one in June. It was uh, year number two. 
And, um, you know, we knew that we wanted all proceeds, of course, to benefit the community. And, um, yeah, spinning up the foundation just kind of uh, was that tool to allow us to kind of, you know, oversee all that and essentially, you know, do do it how we wanted to. Yeah, year one, we raised um, about $45,000, uh, which blew our mind. You now being able to, to host a, a festival um, that, you know, we're really proud of and provide the level of hospitalities to all of our visiting brewers and um, just that kind of experience for all of our attendees and still being able to walk away with that at the end of the day was just, it was really absolutely unreal. Um, and we dialed things in, and like I said, we're still learning. So this past year, uh, we closed our books just a, about a month or so ago, and we raised 70000 which, I mean, that that was just like such a... $70,000 for an event, like an event that everyone's enjoying. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of these things are win-win-win. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is an event that everyone's coming to and enjoying, and it's and it's um, perpetuating its own economics, um, and in such a way that then, then people want to give even more to it because it's for the community. Mm-hmm. And um, God, that's awesome. It's hard to imagine a better kind of benchmark for success for Worldworks that we were able to not just pull this off, make it an awesome event for attendees, put on an awesome hospitality for the brewers but also raise all this money for the community. I, it's hard to imagine, like, is there anything that we could possibly, like, other than just making it bigger? It's, it's hard to imagine a better event for kind of who we are. All right, let's do another taste. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's go here. Okay. So this is the peanut butter cup acromatic. And uh, so this is another one that we don't, release more than maybe two or three times a year. Um, we did this one for Halloween, just with the kind of, Reese's is my personal favorite candy, so I always just kind of <laughs> wanted to move in this direction anyway. Uh, this one's just a, our big imperial style around uh, just over 10%, and then it's peanut flour, and then we actually use Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, you just unpackage them, throw them into the liquid? We used to, now we found a, a a source that I think it's probably for like ice cream toppings, but it's bulk and they're already unwrapped and they just come in 25 or 30 pound cases and it's so much easier. <laughs> it's still a pain, <laughs> but uh, we do a lot of stupid things around here that uh, I don't make friends when we order, you know, 300 pounds of Nutty Buddies that have to be individually unwrapped and put into the fermenter. You know. We take like a day to unwrap all those Nutty Buddies. <laughs> it does take a lot more time. Uh, yesterday was milk, or no, Monday? Monday was milk. Monday was milk. <laughs> How many gallons do we end up using? It's like, like three, almost two or 300 yeah. gallons of milk. We ordered 300 and there wasn't much that we didn't use. <laughs> no, I think the food bank picked up the last 75 gallons today. <laughs> so at least that's more, you know, that's a gallon at a time for you. There's definitely smarter ways to do some of these things. Speak to kind of the the um, the greater heart behind um, wanting to do this beer festival and have it be a philanthropic focus. It was something that Neil and I started talking about like in year one, again, it's kind of like this dream and the biggest part of it is marrying these two passions that we have for, you know, the, the beer and the event and the experience building um, and then also our community. I mean, community is just one of the pillars that has always been a part of uh, our ethos and kind of guides, um, you know, a lot of decisions we make and who we are and, and our identity. Um, so it was kind of a 
yeah, just a natural inclination. And this was home. Worldworks would not exist without Greeley. I think a lot of people, when we first opened the first, what, two, three years, it doesn't happen anymore, which is really, I don't know, I guess it's kind of comforting. Maybe we finally got past it, but every festival or every event we'd go to, every conversation we'd have was always like, hi, Greeley, and also, I'm sorry, you're in Greeley, or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of previous notions they had, whether, you know, founded or not, they would you know, take their jabs at Greeley. And we don't get that nearly as much anymore. And um, and I think the reality of the answer always was that this is our home. There's never, a, we weren't looking at a map saying like, Fort Collins, Boulder, Denver, where, where should we go? All these surrounding Northern Colorado communities, it was either Greeley or bust. There's something about Greeley in the community in the sense of belonging. And I think back to what Weld found is, I think you get caught up in like, kind of bigger areas or places where it just feels like you're never actually connecting. And Greeley's never been that place. It's not just this glossy picture, it's kind of like the most raw, authentic. And so I think that's where we're like, well, if we're gonna be here, we should continue to support and be a part of it. Huge thanks to Weldworks for their great presence here in Weld County. And now for a palate cleanser. See what I did there? Back in episode four of Weld Found, I paired a local writer named Rob Walker and a local composer named Daniel Wakefield together. You can hear the short segment at the end of the episode called Welcome Wagon. The composer, Daniel Wakefield, has created work for films and internet and generously gave of his time and talent on this next piece, scoring a writing again by Rob Walker called Marley's Ghost. Scoring is not easy to do, and he does a phenomenal job with it. The short two-minute poem is about the meeting of Ebenezer Scrooge and Jacob Marley. And a quick aside, if you're hearing this episode when it first released, you might be able to catch Rob Walker's show, Ghost Stories for Christmas, at the Atlas Theater December 5th, 6th, and 7th. That's right, Ghost Stories for Christmas. Telling spooky tales around the winter fire was a huge Victorian-era tradition, so popular that it, in fact, led Charles Dickens to writing a Christmas carol. Before reading his piece in the studio, Rob Walker talked about why he loves this scene from A Christmas Carol and how it inspired him to write this poem. There's something so, the way it's set up, as as you and I were talking before, uh, a lot of people don't realize because it's such a part of our culture now uh, that A Christmas Carol is a ghost story of the dead return to life. Um, (laughs) It's a ghost story. There's time travel in there. um, And these aren't usually things we associate with modern Christmas, but but A Christmas Carol is a part of Christmas traditions all over America and the world. and I like that scene in particular because it is, it is a it is a horror scene in which uh, a man's former partner returns from the grave to to impart wisdom. So it's really scary and frightening. But there's a bit of humor in there as well, um, where Scrooge isn't entirely buying this and he's trying to laugh it off because he's scared. Um, but Marley is genuinely a tragic figure because, as he says in the book, the the chains he wears are um, – y- you reap what you sow, basically. The chains he wears are deeds performed in life, and, he, and we each wear the chains we forge in life. And that, I think, is, is a beautiful 
uh, summation of what that story is about. Awesome. All right. Let's cool. Get you to read it. Marley's Ghost. Seven years past, he'd met his end in a cold and drafty room. Twas Christmas Eve, his heart gave out, and his bed became his tomb. They had trotted his withered husk away, but his ghost was thrown in chains to wander forever as punishment along the earthly plains. During his life, his greed was great, and for mercy he cared not thinking kindness and charity a bunch of tommy rot. He bilked poor widows out of coin. He shunned the cold and poor. He shouted down the ragamuffins pawing at his door. Shackled for his selfishness, weighed down by his own greed, the chains were each five meters long, every link an evil deed. He'd hoped for years he might escape this cold, unpleasant fate if he could warn his former partner before it was too late. Old Scrooge, he took up residence in the dead man's former house, carrying on his avarice and continuing his chouse. For Christmas Eve was here again, and Scrooge began to doze, ignorant of punishment for the life that he had chose. Marley was the first to visit, a herald of the three. He'd hoped to shake poor Scrooge awake and help them both go free. He rattled shackles in his face. He banged upon the floor. He unhinged his jaw, a ghastly look, as the knocker on the door. But Scrooge, though scared, steeled himself against Marley's plaintive screams, claiming it was a sour meal that had given him bad dreams. An undigested bit of beef, a potato unprepared. There's more of gravy than of grave, the greedy man declared. So Marley left old Scrooge alone to face his night of ghosts, traveling through a misspent life at the hands of spectral hosts. So spare a thought for Marley's ghost, wandering Christmas night, the heavy clanking chains he wears his never-ending plight. And remember, too, that we forge chains, girded deed by deed. So pass along some kindness, dear, and remember those in need. Great work from Rob Walker and composer Daniel Wakefield. By the way, you can hear Daniel's newly released Christmas album on Spotify. Dr. Josh Packard is a sociologist at the University of Northern Colorado and he's been featured several times in Weldfound's first season. In fact, he was the key guest on episode one, Out of the Garage and Into the Neighborhood, the show that really outlines the big idea of belonging for this podcast. Give it a listen if you haven't had a chance. Josh wrote me several months ago and said, Tim, I have an idea for a winter episode for Weldfound, but I was wondering, could I produce it? I told him I loved the idea of having more producing voices on this show, so here's Josh Packard, hosting this segment on a project called Bake of Love. I have a confession to make. The holidays bum me out. The gap between what I want them to be, fun times filled with family and friends, and what they end up being, stressful shopping trips, managing travel, squeezing in too many obligated parties, is enormous. And I'm not alone. Some experts suggest that more than half of people feel lonely during this time of year. 
And these reports have led to a sort of cottage industry online among advice givers. Spend even a few minutes searching the internet and you'll come across thousands of articles offering up tips and tricks about how to slow down this holiday season. Manage all of those commitments and parties with grace and deal with your in-laws successfully. Other times in life are characterized by this same kind of managed chaos, but they're exciting and fun. Weddings, graduations, and even some vacations that I've been on come to mind. I think the issue with the holidays is that what we really long for during this time of year more than any other is to be connected to something bigger than ourselves. For some, that's religion. For others, maybe it's family. But it's never running from party to party and trying to pick out presents for an aunt you see only once or twice a year. Deep down, we long to know that we are part of a larger project and that we have a meaningful role to play. However, instead of finding ourselves part of that something bigger, we all too often become a cog in something much, much smaller and far less important. Jostling with strangers at the airport does not exactly connect us to something deeper than ourselves. Today, smack in the middle of the holiday season and just days away from Colorado Gives Day, I wanted to explore how some people close that gap between what they want for the holidays and what the holidays so often end up being. So I'm off to Bake of Love, a national effort started right here in Greeley that tries to undo the consumer insanity of Black Friday with pastries. I'm standing in the lobby at Journey Christian Church in Greeley, and in front of me are probably 10 folding tables, each one filled with more cookies and candies than you could possibly imagine. It looks honestly like my 10-year-old self's version of a dream. Around me, there are parents and kids and young people, along with Jeff Neal, the executive director of the Northern Colorado Youth for Christ chapter located here in Greeley, and they're all packing up cookies putting them on plates, wrapping them in cellophane. You can hear some of them in the background rustling paper and getting things together. And the plan is that they're going to take all of these treats, all of these goodies, and they're going to put them on plates. They're going to wrap them up individually and bring them to retail shops to help say thank you for the people who work on Black Friday and maybe alleviate some of their stress. Because, as you might have heard, it can be a little bit rough working on Black Friday weekend. So Bake of Love was something we started uh, 14 years ago. This is our 14th annual. I'm talking with Jeff Neal, the executive director of Northern Colorado Youth for Christ. He started Bake of Love right here in Greeley a number of years ago just to help bring a little bit of joy for what he knows firsthand can be kind of a rough weekend. And we just thought, hey, it is hard to work retail uh, sales during Christmas season, and I've done it, and I know it was not fun. And so we wanted to say... How do we help people feel better about being in retail stores and just go, hey, tough weekend to work, but we're going to make sure you feel loved and cared for this weekend. We've been advertising for a couple months to say, if you want to make some Christmas goodies, um, bring them here. And so it's different church groups um, that are doing it, different groups from Youth for Christ um, that have made some of the cookies. Some of the kids, their families made cookies and brought them. And so we're just all sorts of stuff gets set out here, and then we make a mixture of just plates full of different Christmas goodies and give a variety to every different store then. So every retail store that specifically works with teens is our goal, Um, and so we've actually been able to get enough stores covered now that we have been able to hit every teen-specific retail store in Greeley as well as out at Centera. Um, all the different groups combined, I would say we, between adults and teens, probably around 45 to 55 people.
Okay, so my name's Josh. Can you tell me your name? Jackson. Jackson, how old are you? Six. Six. And your name? Amy. Amy. Now, what brought you guys out here today? Well, we wanted to be able to just um, bless the people in our community who are working retail. We know they have a hard job, and we want to just come and bless them. So we baked some goods together and came and packaged them up. What did you make, Jackson? Do you remember? Some, like, pretzel sandwiches. Yeah. Out of Rolos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with candy in the middle Yeah. I love those. <laughs> Okay, we made it. It's a blustery day here at Centera. We've got loads and loads of baked goods to deliver and kids and adults are scattering everywhere to, uh, to try and hit each storefront here while there's other groups of people um, doing the same thing back in Greeley. So let's take, a, let's take a walk into the first store and see what we find. Black Friday weekend is pretty rough, so we wanted to bring you and your staff some cookies to say thank you for working, and we care about you guys. That's awesome. Yeah, we got a card for you as well. So yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely, Merry Christmas. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? We are good. We are just delivering Christmas goodies. Oh! Because, you know, working on Black Friday weekend is difficult. Oh! And terrible weather. And terrible weather. So oh! We just want to say thank you guys for working out here. So are you the mall people? Or no. you're just good we're, people yeah. that just drop stuff We like stuff to believe off? that we're good people, but it depends on who you are. Turn around. <laughs> They did this last year. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, so oh, you so hear that song? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was such a treat that day. Oh, literally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Quite literally. Yeah, you know, and I'm always, I'm anything sugar. <laughs> so I got it. Oh, that's good. Well, we got you a massive sugar. You guys are so sweet. Well, thank you. Yeah, you guys have fun. Hopefully, Merry Christmas. So we made a bunch of snacks yeah. for you guys. Good. Thank you. Yeah. I think I we did it last. Do you guys want the heaviest one? We did the yeah, heavy. The yeah. heaviest one's the one. Honestly, the heaviest one. No, I'm just teasing. Whatever you want. Yes. We're more than grateful. Yeah. Yep. We did it last year, and we'll see you again next year. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>
My favorite thing about Bake of Love is not that it started in Greeley or that it spread nationally, both of which are amazing things, but it's that for every single store that we went into, there was at least one person there who remembered this group of people coming the year before and the year before that and the year before that. They were looking forward to getting these cookies to make the Black Friday weekend, this period of chaos and insanity and sometimes tempers rising, uh, just a little bit more joyous. And that's what I think it means to be a part of the fabric of a community, that, that you can be counted on, that you are known, that, that you are not forgotten, and that you are all in like this bigger project together. Big thanks to Josh Packard and everyone who volunteered for Bake of Love, an incredible Black Friday weekend tradition. Next, we hear another short work from Mariah Foster, teacher at Fred Charter School of Innovation by Day, poet and artist by night. This piece is titled Light Waves. I feel like the process of me writing this piece is um, a small, uh, similar journey that you've been taking with a lot of your, your podcast. Um, I was so excited when you were talking to me about the project and about some of what you're trying to accomplish and a, a role that I could play in it because um, the same questions about community and identity and becoming connected and fitting in and being a part of the world around you in a positive way is exactly what I've been doing with my life right now. Um, and for me, writing and poetry has always been a way to process and um, try to get all the, the craziness of all of our inputs, um, get all of that sorted out and get it out and down on paper and out of your head um, so it's it's really been exciting to chew on a lot of the same issues that uh, you've been delving into and then see um, kind of what comes out. <laughs> Perspective depends on how you exist within. It is an attitude, viewpoint, an azimuth. You gotta give and grow toward your true north. Community can feel like a galaxy. If you're too far from the central suns, it can feel like everything is moving so slowly, like nothing is happening. How awful to look out at all the shining stars and feel incredibly alone. You gotta sync up, join in, and circle round to experience the gravity of community, how it holds us all together as we follow our own paths, how we navigate the meteors that come hurtling in from the ether. We can shake up our space or just keep repeating the same cycles, wondering why we are so hungry for change. Don't you know the universe needs your uniqueness, needs to feel your pull? Everything is moving, changing constantly. We are all happening so fast at the exact same time. Fibonacci expanding from the big bang, bang, banging of the bells, the ringing, signaling the door as our hands and our hearts is open wide, welcoming. It's time to come inside. Perspective is the art of impressions. It depends on what you draw from your experiences, how much you take away, how you frame situations. Community, who you include in your family picture, who you allow to view your gallery, we are all here for your consideration. And this time of year, it's not tough to hear how emptiness echoes through all the noise, all the stuff we consume is never enough to sustain us. The sun goes down, 
the lights come on, and the holiday sights and sound remind us to check our perspectives, realize that we all have more to give in gratitude, time, talent, money. Give your regards, everyone a conscious gift. Give your best impressions. Expand your heart, your home, your perspective. There is always more room at the table, always a room at the inn, if and when we make the space and invite others to live within, to exist in us. That is the love, the light, a golden perspective, the holiday spirit. How nourishing is it? How grounding the gravity? How awesome to look up at all the shining stars and feel at home. Perspective depends on how we exist within. Our reality, Weld County, depends on how we move around within it. So what's it gonna be? Poet, Mariah Foster. So we did have one more piece by Daniel Mothershed, a comedy writer and performer here in Greeley. But as I invited him on the show, he just yelled at me, bah humbug, and refused to be on any podcast, especially one about charity. I mean, what can you expect from a miserly old comedian like Daniel? Friends, we can only hope a podcast like this one, featuring the great stories of our region, could possibly change his mind and his heart. Oh well, maybe next year. Wait, wait, I'm at home in my own bed and my uncomfortably long sleep shirt. Oh, oh, the podcast did it all in one segment. I am a changed man, but Grumbus, am I too late? Have I missed the podcast? There's no way of knowing unless you there, young street child. What are you on about? Delightful child, is there still a world found podcast about? You mean the podcast as big as me? What? What? Never mind. Clearly not a genius. Quick! Go and tell them I shall drop by presently for a guest spot. I'm elated to extol the hard and handy work and generosity of Weld County's finest charitable organizations. And here, a shilling for your trouble. Easiest money I ever made. And Daniel S. Mothershed was even better than his word. He appeared on that podcast as well as this one. He spoke of charity and goodwill and was as good a guest as any, and as good a writer as Greeley Air knew. And so, as Tiny Tim Coons observed. Pod bless us, everyone. Music for that closing piece again, composed by Daniel Wakefield. Special thanks to all the contributors on our final season one show. Daniel Mothershed as our comedian Scrooge with performers Seth Willis and Ayn Blanton, poet Mariah Foster, Josh Packard, and Jeff Neal, the host of Bake of Love, writer Rob Walker and composer Daniel Wakefield, Neil Fisher and Kristen Popcheff at Weldworks for the interview and free beer tasting. I'm available anytime. Officer Ariel Mays and everyone involved at Santa Cop, Dave Farrell for sound engineering production on this episode. Just to say this out loud, Dave has been an integral part of season one. Thank you. If you see him, give him a big hug and say thanks. He loves hugs. And to the Weld Community Foundation. Learn more at weldcommunityfoundation.org. I'm your host, Tim Coons. Thanks for listening to Weld Found Season One. 
If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, certainly you'd want to share the first season with a friend or leave a review on iTunes for us. Thank you and see you next year.